Good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you happen to be. Hey, it's Dashi Han Miller, and we are here with episode 87. <clears throat> I was just looking at it. 87 of our Kuden. And uh, so let me fire up the chat here, see uh, if anybody's on yet. Anyway, so a um, little bit about uh, today's episode. Uh, this is an answer to uh, a topic request that came in. Uh, thanks, Brian, for um, just, uh, just wanted me to talk about, a little bit about uh, some of the teachers I've had and the experiences. And uh, during this episode, I'm not going to talk too much about what I learned from each uh, teacher, but more of what I got from the teachers that I think I naturally gravitated toward, okay? So um, before we get started, I'll kind of toss something out. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing I picked up from Hatsumi Sensei. I know it's in a couple of the books, and I know um, it came up in, in a class or three along the way, but um, apparently there's a Japanese saying that the relationship of a child and parent is one level, the relationship of uh, marry, a married couple is a different level, or it's level two, right? And a teacher-student relationship uh, is a third level. So we'll talk about that more uh, when I come back, uh, but let's go ahead and fire this up and make it official. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. So, sorry about that. I don't know what the hell happened. Anyway, I started unplugging things. <laughs> All right, so you can see me, you can hear me. Oh, freaking fantastic. All right. I hate technology. All right. So what the hell was I saying originally? Oh, I, I'm just welcoming everybody. So we'll just do it again. <laughs> Welcome to episode 87. Oh, shit. I need a drink, but it's only Diet Dr. Pepper. All right. Uh, there's a delay for the text to go throughout. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyway. I'm just going to keep freaking pushing forward because, um, in all honesty, I know you guys are doing the video thing and everything, but uh, eventually it's just going to end up on audio, like on uh, Apple Tunes and, and Stitcher Radio and all that kind of stuff, which is the big announcement. A bunch of you have been asking me uh, when the hell we're going to get on Spotify. Well, yay, we're finally on freaking Spotify, right? Um, we've been trying to get on Spotify since I started this damn thing, and um, they, they've got hoops and loops like you wouldn't believe. So I don't know what changed, but James sent me a message today that was a copy that said, uh, uh, we got you or something like that. I don't know what the hell it said. But anyway, we're on, we're on Spotify now. So for those of you who have been, uh, uh, waiting for, uh, things to happen, there you go, right? We just had to keep poking and pecking at them until, uh, until it works. So anyway, we're on, I, I, we're on podcasts that I've never even freaking, or podcast hosting services that I've never even heard the name of. So anyway, uh, like my cup, right? One of my kids got it for me. I don't know if it was 
Anyway, so I just like it because it keeps things hot and cold for like, I don't know, eight hours, 12 hours, something like that. So anyway, uh, that was a big announcement. But today's uh, episode is based on or is uh, is uh, thanks to uh, Brian, one of our listeners, that um, sent in uh, a question uh, about um, what it was like training with some of my teachers. So as much as I don't want to make uh, Kuden uh, all about me, uh, I think that folks are, are looking for maybe a maybe a, a comparison between training now, training then, why the hell I train or why I do what I do the way I do it, uh, which is fine. Uh, hopefully there's some other, other questions that might pop in along the way. But uh, what I don't want to do uh, today, uh, and actually, let me see. I thought somebody, uh, John Golem is on. Uh, John, John Golem is my, uh, like first and original student <laughs> in the States and uh, where I live anyway. Um, as far as everything growing out of that, right? I've, I've had some other ones. Um, one of my guys just came back, um, that was a friend of John's, um, was out of, well, he trained in martial arts, but he wasn't training with me, uh, for 30 years. Um, and, I just got to thinking about that because one of my guys, uh, up there in age, he's, he's up there in age. And, uh, so for those of you who know, uh, one of my early, early students, Richard Snyder, Richard's, uh, oh, Richard's in his seventies. Uh, but he's been training with me since 1989, 90, something like that. It's right behind John. And uh, he's having some medical issues and stuff, so I'm, I'm hoping that, that everything goes well and he's pulling through. Uh, but Richard's been training with me for 31 years. So uh, anyway, John's back. John's in. So anyway. Um, but um, uh, I've tried to stay consistent with training uh, along the way because things have not always been the same, right? Uh, things have changed. Uh, talked about this in a, in a previous episode, uh, that people tend to believe that training always has been the way they experienced it when they got involved, right? So that becomes like the right way, right? Um, yeah, okay. That's, that's as, that's as off as the, um, the, uh, the word traditional that people throw around, right? That's thrown around like warrior, enlightened wisdom, all that kind of shit. Uh, I might be a little bit touchy and cranky tonight. I'm just um, got to thinking about some some things that I'm working on. That and um, I was talking to one of my other guys. As a matter of fact, my admin assistant. So if you've ever gone through one of our programs or or had a technical issue with the site or anything like that, you probably dealt with my guy uh, uh, James Alexander. And uh, some of my guys are are going through some life purpose things and some life shifting kind of things and all that uh, from the warrior mind kind of standpoint. And uh, he just said something the other day, I think it was right after Saturday morning's class, that the more you get your head wrapped around this and the more you start living it, right, the harder it is to associate, or not, not really associate, relate to people that you've been relating to practically your whole life. I mean, it can be difficult um, to be in the same in the same place. And it doesn't mean that you dislike those people, but what you keep hearing is a mirror, right, of this stuff that's just, I don't know, for lack of a better word, right, enslaves you. 
right? Um, and, and keeps you in this limited kind of mindset or limited sense of, of, uh, self and, 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 uh, and, I don't know, vision. We, we use the word vision. So anyway, um, uh, so where was I going with this? So, uh, I led off, right, uh, coming into this thing with, hopefully that stays on, right? Um, uh, this, this thing that Hatsumi Sensei, uh, has taught on, and it's just this Japanese saying that the parent-child relationship is the first level, uh, the, the marriage relationship, right, is the second level, and the teacher-student relationship is the third level, right? It's kind of like, it's, it's not literally a haiku, but it's one of these sayings that on a surface level, it just sounds like a couple of statements and then there's nothing, right? But what you're, what you're supposed to do is, is dive into it, right? And really kind of explore what that means, right? So I'm going to help you cheat, right? And give you a place to start anyway. So what we're talking about is a love and dependency kind of a paradigm or a, or a balance, okay? So the parent-child relationship, right? Love is based on, uh, on dependency and provision, right? The child depends on the parents for practically everything, right? Including emotional support and, and all that stuff, right? And the parent's love, uh, or the, actually the child's love is actually, uh, more from an obedience, um, uh, it's that kind of thing, right? Caring, discipline, right? I'm going to learn what, what mom and dad are teaching me, right? I'm going to, uh, show gratitude and affection, uh, because without them, I would fucking starve to death, right? And a child doesn't say that, uh, but a child who might naturally get it, right, um, then, they, then they actually get it, right? Um, some of us got it, some of us didn't, right? And so uh, we can talk about that at some other point. But either way, right, and, and a parent's love is shown through provision and protection and those kind of things, right? Um, but either way, there's kind of a dependency thing going on. Not, not really a codependency, but a dependency thing, right? The child depends on the parent, right? The parent is supposed to be strong and independent, right? The, the parent doesn't need the child's love, right? If they do, um, it's not that there isn't a bond. I'm, I'm not going to split hairs with people about these kind of things, right? But if, if we need it, then there's a hole, right? There's, there's some kind of an emptiness going on. And that's, that's not the point of the lesson. The lesson is there's this dependency and there's this provision from a position of strength, right? So, but it's, it's very difficult to, to separate that, right? Because, and it's and not just because of the love bond, right? The child can't just go wandering off into the world, right? Be like Mowgli in, in, uh, the jungle book kind of story, right? Uh, get raised by, by uh, wolves and uh, monkeys and, I don't know, jungle animals and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, it's a neat story, right? But 99.9% .9 of the time, um, <laughs> little Johnny is going to be food, right? Um, but the parents, right, from a societal kind of, um, from a societal perspective, right, um, there would be a lot of guilt and shame and all that for not, 
providing what your children need, for not nurturing, for not raising properly, all those kind of things, right? So there's there's this kind of a expectation kind of thing going on, right? There's a there's a, a need from one side, right? But a uh, it's almost kind of a stigma kind of thing from the other side, right? So it's 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 a one sided relationship when it comes to uh, uh, respect and, and things like that, right? So not that parents don't respect their children. I, 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 I don't know why I feel the need to, to justify what I'm saying because I'm not going to get into a pissing moaning contest with anybody that hasn't like seriously thought about this from any perspective other than the one you got when you were three years old, right? And there's like tons of parents and, and, and adults running around the world still making decisions about grown-up things like they're six, right? Or like the six-year-old who didn't like the punishment or whatever when they were six, and so they're making parental decisions based on the six-year-old not liking certain things. I don't want little Johnny to feel like I did. But I, well, okay, then figure out a way to talk to Johnny's brain at six as it's designed and turned on and grown at six, right, in a way that they're going to get adult concepts that can't be processed because the functions not only are not turned on, but they're not even grown. They're not even there yet, right? Um, so anyway, so we've got this 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 kind of a dynamic, right, going on, right? And then we have kind of the married relationship, right? And in whatever form uh, people do it these days, right? But what you end up with is is kind of like a peer thing, right? We both have our strengths and and we pull together. It's kind of a teamwork thing, right? And so love is more of an intimacy kind of thing, and a uh, trust and 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 those kind of things, right? So, but it's almost like a teamwork, right? We're pulling together uh, to to do things in a certain direction, right? Um, whether it's you know like a, a sport team or whatnot. I'm, I'm not I'm not a big sport kind of person. I'm, I tend to be self uh, competitive, right? I don't give a shit what anybody else is doing, and I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. But more often than not, more often than not, I end up feeling like a stranger in a strange land. So, but anyway, right, so there's this different dynamic, right? And if you're married or you've been in a long-term relationship, whether there was a piece of paper holding you together or not, you kind of get that, right? The, the, when we say, I love you, we don't mean the same thing that we do if we're a parent saying, I love you to our child, or that we meant when we were a child looking at our parents saying, I love you. And if you do mean the same thing, again, there's something off, okay? It's kind of weird, okay? But anyway, it's, it's different, right? It's a different aspect. But the bond is different. Why we do things is different, right? And the connection and and, and what holds us together and, right? The... <laughs> Freaking Jen. Anyway, yes, we are all misfit toys. You're right. Anyway, so, uh, but the teacher-student relationship, right? There is still love going on. There is still discipline going on. There's still obedience in one direction and there's still provision in the other direction and all that. But it's different. Right? It's, it's very, very different, right? What makes it different, right? In a marriage bond, right? Well, both people are free to walk away or go their own way, right? The longer folks are together, especially in our, with our social construct, the harder it is to walk away without, without difficulty, right? Whether it's, we're legally married and we need to do a legal divorce, whether there's property to be divided, there's children involved, 
possessions, uh, you know, that were bought, co you know, jointly or whatever, right? There's, it's, it's very different, right? For a teacher-student relationship, uh, both people are free to just turn and walk away, right? So what keeps them together is something that's very, very different, right? What keeps parent-child parent together is different than what keeps uh, married people together. And what, anyway, so it's, it's that kind of thing, right? So um, one of those things that, that I got, that I experienced um, from my teachers, let me get comfortable here, uh, in a sense was understanding the difference and, and what those different things were, right? Um, that uh, for my teachers, what I got was what I needed to navigate the world as a warrior, um, not as somebody who was looking for everybody else to fill in the, you know, kind of spackle the cracks, right, or fill in the holes or, or whatever, right? Um, and the other thing that I got, because I was kind of crippled when I came to this, right? Um, for those of you who know my backstory uh, growing up and all that, uh, what I got were the the, the mentors and the, the role models that I didn't get the first time around, right? Um, uh, for instance, one of my instructors who is <laughs> uh, a former Marine, and he, you know, uh, had no qualms about telling me exactly what I needed to hear, right? Uh, and it didn't matter if it stung. As a matter of fact, <laughs> sometimes I think it was designed to sting, right? Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, he told me, because every time he and I would get together, right, my army would kind of mesh with his Marine, right? Although uh, he wasn't, um, yeah, John, Buddhism, that's right. So uh, it wasn't like, you know, he wouldn't drop an F-bomb here or whatever, right? But what ended up happening was um, I unconsciously connected with the military thing, and then whenever he and I were together, um, the, my language got very, very loose, right? And um, even around my wife. And at one point, he kind of pulled me off to the side, and he told me this little story, right, that apparently his father-in-law told him or taught him. Um, and that was, if you swear, you might offend somebody. But if you don't swear, you won't offend anybody. Now, that was also balanced out later on with um, use of right speech, right? That uh, in most instances, not swearing uh, presents you at a, at a certain level, right? And uh, good use of language and, and those kind of things, right? Position you um, at, a, at a different level than somebody who just you know, says whatever they want, right? And I get it, right? People should just accept me for who I am. If they don't like me, screw them, whatever, right? Uh, but at the same time, there might be things that we need to need to accomplish. And if we've been seen a certain light, no matter how good we're trying to present ourselves to get that thing, 
the perceptions have already been developed, right? So, um, but that being said, right, um, in most cases, you know, I want, I want to do that way. I, I want to do that. I want to carry myself a certain way. Uh, I might not want to drop an F-bomb or whatever. And I do, I, I do occasionally uh, on the podcast. I do occasionally in uh, like my Shinobi Kai classes or, or certain level classes um, to make sure that I'm waking somebody up. So it's, it's used, it's not used indiscriminately, right? It's used a certain way. Um, and I, I typically carry myself that way, but also, but there's also this understanding that in certain places in the world, if I were to use nice, polite language, I may as well like have the word victim or target or whatever just tattooed across my forehead, right? Because in those areas, in those neighborhoods, in those environments, um, that is a sign of weakness, right? So if I don't pepper my language with certain words, I'm, I'm not going to come across as somebody who um, maybe shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be seen as a target, right? So um, what what I got again, there was always balance, and there was different lessons at different times, but what I got was the how to stand up and be an independent person that can, when necessary or when appropriate, engage in codependent or dependent relationships so long as those things are needed, okay? Um, I was taught very early on, both through word and through actual experience and exercise, reflection, meditation, all those kind of things, to be to, to learn to be very, very clear about what was a codependent relationship and how they can be toxic, but also how they can be useful, right? Uh, marriage being one of those things, right? It's a codependent relationship, right? But is it a codependent relationship where it's toxic, both people want to be gone, want to be over with, both people want to leave, but they're both faced with the problem that if they walk away, like they're okay with walking away and the other person falling flat on their face, but they either realize consciously, subconsciously, or unconsciously that if they walk away, they'll fall on their face as well because they can't do it alone either, right? They've, they've set themselves up so that they're kind of stuck with one of these things. Right, I can't let go so they'll fall without me falling too. Okay, that's a that's a toxic one. So resentment builds and all that, right? But this is okay if we're both working on the same thing, right? I depend on them to, to do their thing. They depend on me to do my thing. Um, but we're not stuck here, right? I'll show you that in a minute, right? Um, we can use dependent relationships again. Uh, if we're parents and we have children or again, we're married or we're in a business relationship or whatever, right? Um, we might be in a situation where one person is ill or injured, right? Or laid off or whatever, right? COVID showed us all those kind of things, right? And so we've got one person that ends up in this, in this particular situation where they're, they're stronger or they're, they, they have a skill set or whatever it is, right? That allows them to be the strong one, right? And the other one can kind of depend on them um, for for a while, right? To to help with things, right? 
Um, so, you know, again, with an illness, right? This one's just like weak and laid out and whatnot, right? So the other one's kind of pulling the weight, right? They're watching the kids or they're cooking the meals or, you know, whatever, right? And then, you know, as the health comes back, right? You got this kind of thing, right? And they might shift in and out of, in and out of this kind of thing, right? Where, where they're working on things or in certain parts of our lives, we're this way. Other parts were this way. Other parts were this way, right? Where this person has the skill set and the strength or whatever it is, right? And, and this person needs a little bit of a, a rest or help or, you know, this person's leading, right? My wife and I have this kind of a relationship, right? We're both very, very strong people. Um, and then when we move into things that need to be done, um, you know, the things that we know that, that that's her forte, that's her strength, right? I look at her and go, what do you need? Okay, just point, tell me what you need. Okay. In other situations, she'll go, okay, what do you need? Okay. Because it plays into my skill set. Right. So again, we, we move in and out of these kind of things. Right. So you've got independent, codependent, dependent kind of things. Right. But you get these, uh, a parental kind of thing. Right. You get the one person who's dependent. Right. Damn little mooches and or whatever right you got a pet whatever it is right and so you got the strength and and that kind of thing right so it's highly unlikely that this little guy is going to be able to give me what i need um from an adult perspective right um i certainly don't be re- need to be reminded that you know oh you're the grown-up and, and 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 you've got a job and you can do all these things i don't need that kind of reminding right but but there's this you know there's this thing going on right so um, and it's, it's not likely to change, but a relationship like an adult relationship, whether it's a business relationship or a marriage or you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, right? Um, uh, if it stays this way too long, right? This person may start to resent things because they can't do anything on their own without this person. So they may find that they have to say things. Uh, to make sure they don't go away, they have to do things to make sure they don't go away, even if they don't want to, right? But they don't want to change their position either, right? This person, right, doesn't want to be the ass, right? Because some days they just want to step back and make this person stand up. But, you know, there's all kinds of cultural and familial, all kinds of crap that goes on, right? So um, th- these are some of the things that, that I learned, right? Um, what I learned was, only strong, independent people that can do what they need to do on their own can engage in these things as needed and not get stuck, okay? Because they, they can always return to center, right? It's the ones who go after relationships because they need something from somebody else or want something because they're not willing to do it. So, see... A lot of life lessons, right? Um, I think we talked about this in a, in a, in a previous episode. Um, we all, you know, we all call Hatsumi Sensei Sensei, right? We all use this word, Sensei, right? Sensei means teacher, right? And I know, I, I even had somebody that, that knows Japanese and, and was, was, um, uh, well versed into this, but still stuck in the, well, this is what we do, right? This is, uh, this is what we call it. Um, but the word sensei is not restricted to the martial arts, okay? So for those people who keep translating sensei as a martial arts teacher, that's incorrect, okay? It's only, well, it's only half right, right? A sensei 
Sensei just means teacher. Sensei literally means one has gone before me, right? Which means they've learned something or whatever that, that I'm getting from them. So they've, they've gone down this road that I'm trying to go down before me, right? So they have, they, they already have the knowledge that I want, right? But a school teacher is a sensei, right? Any teacher, the, the word teacher, right? But it's also honorific, right? So, uh, but it's, it's implied, and I got this from a Japanese tutor that I was working with um, one, at one point, because she helped me go deeper into understanding how Japanese people think about these things. So we weren't just, we weren't just translating Japanese to English word for word, right? We understood the nuance, okay? Things like Japanese people never go home, okay? Yes, I know, they have a home, and yes, they go there from our perspective, but linguistically, Japanese people never go home, okay? And very often, they don't go to the office either, okay? They return home, or they return to the office, because the mindset is, this is home base, Okay? The office is a secondary home base. Okay, So you go to places you intend to return back from. Right, So it's, see, it's a different mindset. Right? It's, a, it's a different way of looking at the world. So she was trying to help me understand how they would communicate. Now they would understand, as a Westerner, if I use the word ikimasu or shimasu, to go. No, ikimasu, to go, right? Um, so if I were to say... I'm going home, they would get that, they would understand it, but that's not the way they think, right? Same thing with the sensei idea, okay? So a sensei is typically someone who who teaches a subject or a topic. So martial arts instructors can be sensei, right? Because they're teaching this body of knowledge, right? But we were talking about my relationship with my teachers, my relationship with Hatsumi Sensei, and the kind of things I learned from them and, and things like that. And she said, hmm, see, the word you really want to use is shiso. Okay? For those of you writing this out, S-H-I-S-O, put a long mark across it, or if you're using the Hepburn system, S-H-I-S-O-U, the U at the end makes the vowel before it longer, right? So shiso, right? And a shiso is a teacher of life, right? So it's more of a mentor or a guide and someone teaching you lessons beyond the topic being studied, right? Things that affect you and allow you to use what you're learning outside of just a limited context, right? As Julie have here, I understand what you're saying and a good marriage is best between complementary partners both for adults. Yeah, absolutely, right? So um, not that there isn't friction, right? Because you're both individuals. It's kind of like uh, uh, one of my teachers, as a matter of fact, um, rem constantly reminded me of the of the symbol, right, uh, in the uh, Christian realm, right, the symbol for marriage with these two circles with this little football shape in the middle, right, where they overlap, and then typically there's a cross put in there and, uh, in Judaism, there might be a Star of David or whatever, right? But it's these two circles, right? And uh, uh, my, my mentor pointed out that that little football shape in there, right, is the marriage. Okay? But there's way more out here outside of that. Right? Marriage isn't this. Right? It's this. Okay? Because both people need to hold on to 
themselves, right? What makes them them, what they're bringing to this union. Now, this little bit does a lot, right? But often people get involved in things like this, and then one person's expected to either give up everything and, and merge, or um, if the expectation is, and I actually had um, a previous significant other say this, I didn't get married to be doing things separately. And she really did expect that whatever she wanted to do, we were going to do. Um, the, the word we was a substitution very often for I or me or whatever, right? So, um, uh, but anyway, it's just, it's that kind of thing, right? So, but there's this idea of the shiso, right? Teacher of life. And that experience, that's a huge experience that I got from all of my teachers, right? Um, they weren't just teaching me how to block, punch, kick, right? Um, we, we've long since established that my perspective on Ninjutsu, historically, it, I mean, and I'm going to use the word correctly because, or I'm going to use the word correctly, right? Um, translated because way too many have, people have, have just, they talk about being pissed off because everybody else is watering down the art, except all they do is Taijutsu, which is only one aspect of Nijutsu, but then they're calling this Nijutsu. I, I, I guess it is, but it's not what they've made it, right? They've taken this thing, done this to it, but they still want to use the name for this thing, right? So I apologize for this, this background noise. I'm apologizing all the time, but as we move into winter, it's probably going to fire up even more. And I can't wait till I get back in my own house to my own... Uh, my own uh, home office and all that, where it's just freaking quiet. Anyway, so hopefully you can still hear me. I'll just speak up a little bit more until this thing is done. Uh, but the experience that I had was more than just going to class, learning stuff, and going home, and not interacting in other ways, right? So I'll kind of dance around here a little bit. I'm not going to name names because it's not really important, right? Uh, as most of these people aren't, aren't teaching anymore, and if they are, um, you, you, you're way behind on the tail end of trying to get in um, as a student. So what you need to do is find somebody who, I guess, train with them, right? Um, but this is also not what makes me not a lot of people's cup of tea, right? Because one of the experiences I got from, from teachers was um, – I'm not here to tell you that you're, like, it. Of course, I did have one, two, at least two, if not three teachers that <laughs> would tell me what I wanted to hear, waiting for me to figure out that um, they just kind of stalled the lesson, right? Um, I remember one time I was training with, well, I'll tell you this one. I was training with Stephen Hayes. And um, uh, I was at this seminar, and I had this, I'm going to call it a godlike personality. Not egocentric, right? But I wanted to, wanted to like, you know, let him know that I knew, right? It was, you know, I don't know if I was trying to be the, the teacher's pet or what. I don't think so, but I wanted to let him know that I knew, right? So if he made a correction, right? Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Because if you already know everything, teacher doesn't need to teach you anything. So I was at this seminar, 
And I think it was a three-and-a-half-day seminar. They were longer back in the day. Three-and-a-half or four-and-a-half-day seminar. And we were, we were barely, like, we had an evening start, and then we had a morning session, and then, you know, moved on for days after that, right? So it's like a morning session, right? I'm barely into 24 hours of training. I don't even think I had 24 hours of training yet. Barely even, I don't even think I had 12. Anyway, I'm making this mistake. He comes by to make this correction. And I looked at him and said, yeah, I know. And he goes, oh, he pats me on the shoulder and he said, okay. And he walked away. And he didn't correct anything else for me for the rest of the seminar. If you know, then you don't need a teacher for anything. It's kind of like the guy a couple of days ago, uh, or maybe a week or two ago, that I posted something about students that are trying to master this stuff, da-da-da-da, don't do this dumb stuff, right? And what he posted as a comment was, those of us who have already mastered this um, already know that and already do this. I didn't respond to it. Fantastic. Okay. I think it's pretty fucking, excuse my language, I think it's pretty uh, arrogant. One, if you're, if you're studying one martial system, right, that would take a lifetime to learn, um, I think it's pretty arrogant um, only having a couple of years in training to believe that you have mastered the whole thing. But to do it in a system where there are nine schools that the headmaster has Soke shipped to, right? That is the headmaster of these nine schools, right? And Mikio Kaiden to, shit, dozens more, if not well over a hundred more, right? But to claim to have mastered that. You know, this person's not my student. This person was my student. I would have popped a question like, really? What are the seven ways of going in the Henso Jutsu of the Togakure school? Guess you haven't freaking mastered everything then, have you? Right? Now, if he's only talking about Taijutsu, that's fine. But my phrase is about Nijutsu. Okay? So, anyway. So, uh, the lessons were not always just this kind of thing. Right? The Kuden, right? The transmission across the void, right? Between teacher and student was not always nice. It was not always... Uh, as you would expect from a Western academic um, teaching of things, right? So, um, yeah, very, very different, right? Very different. Um, one of my teachers was very, let me use the word, bureaucratic, right? It's very sensitive about the way he described things, right? Another one would flat out just tell you the way it is, right? One would say, like, if, if somebody questions something about, well, you know, I saw this guy teaching it this way, and you're doing it this way, you know, um, you know can you explain that? And be very diplomatic about it. Be very, you know, well, you know, there's there's many different ways to do things, and, and um, you know, the, 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 the variables and the situation kind of makes this kind of, you know, so it could be, you know, that kind of thing, right? And another teacher would just go, eh, wrong, no. No, you'll die, right? Uh, Nagato Sensei in Japan. He'll say, you know what? There's lots of different ways that teachers are showing things, and it's not the whole form, right? There, forms can be varied, 
Okay? There, there could be different ways to do the same thing based on the description on the scrolls because they're very shorthand kind of written, right? But if you screw up this, this, and this, you're going to die. Okay, it was just, there, there was no discussion, right? There was no, there was no room for discussion, right? Um, let's see, who else? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, Shrey Sensei would just tell you that whatever you would say, whatever you say, Right? If you're trying to present yourself or your way of doing things is the right way, he'd always go, ah, see, very good. You understand. Right? I, th I think you're a master of this already. You just pull your strings. Right? Just to see what you're going to do with that afterwards. Right? So, again, you know, some were brutally honest, other ones would play, you know, that kind of thing. So, anyway. Jen had there. I feel like if you aren't continuing to learn because you understand that you really don't know much, you might as well dig a hole and get in it. Everyone is some everyone has something to teach you, every single person, regardless of ability or even disability. Absolutely. Um, that's why you know in, in, in class, the opening and closing, traditional opening and closing of Bujinkan classes, um, and those of you who are new to this, you'll you'll learn this as you go along. We tend to do this more in our Shinobi Kai classes or our seminars and whatnot. Um, but the BA class, um, there is a statement warning you against arrogance, right? Um, now, there's a long poem that I could do, but there's typically this abbreviated Japanese phrase that you'll see me do if you were ever facing the the, the kamizai and whatnot, and I do this little protective grid kind of pattern. There's a kanji put on it and whatnot. But there's this, there's this saying that, that the teacher does for the students, right? And the, the higher end level students, the, the black belts and all that, they get a translation of the whole poem and then the shorter version to understand it. In the beginning, um, students just kind of wait for this admonition that we do, right? But, but the poem that I'm reciting, represents this idea and this understanding that if I'm training for the wrong reasons, right, I could win a battle or two here or there. And battles are not just physical, street self-defense, anything like that. We're talking arguments, we're talking defending yourself against, uh, protecting yourself against stress, all kinds of crap that we're inundated with every day, right, whether we're assaulted by Right? The stupidity and ignorance of people that have no freaking clue about how to, how to live their lives, how to stand on their own two feet, how to not bullshit their way through and they expect you to buy their stories, all that kind of stuff, right? We're inundated by this stuff, right? Warriors are, are, are we're, we're skilled at protecting ourselves against more than just the, the guy who's coming at us with a knife or a gun or a fist or a foot or whatever. Right? The assaults occur on a regular basis when you're, when you're in among people that, that they want to, they want to live the dream. And I don't mean live the dream like being super successful and, and having all that control of your life and all that kind of stuff. I mean, right? This fantasy thing. They don't want to do the work. They want to tell a story and then they get upset if somebody sees through the story because then the other person's an asshole and, you know, whatever, right? Um, but uh, we're, we're, we're doing more than just more than just that, right? So um, uh, anyway, there's this, there's this opening, right, that um, 
that if I'm trading for the wrong reasons, I could I could win a battle or two, but ultimately I'm going to lose the war, right? Uh, and that's the that's the essence of this 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 thing, right? And it comes from uh, comes from the scrolls of the Kumogakure school, right? One of our three ninja schools. Um, and then we do this uh, this this hanamitsu da komyo. It's this long phrase uh, for for newer students or for the youth. I say ninpo ikan. Uh, ninpo ikan means the way of the ninjas, the way of naturalists, the way of the ninjas, the way of the universe, which really points this whole idea of naturalists and natural laws and and you know kind of recognizing what they are and and using things the way they naturally work, right? As opposed to being like the salmon that swims upstream and even if you make it, uh, you're going to die right afterwards anyway, right? So uh, it's instead of struggling to get where you need to go, understand natural laws and, and all those kind of things so that you can use them to get places not only faster and more effectively and more efficiently, but with less wear and tear on yourself in the process, right? So... Um, but we say this, and then, um, and, and the Shikina means, uh, anyway, Niboikan, uh, for the kids, I tell them it means treasure your training, which it does, right? But I'm not going into all this deep level philosophy for a six-year-old, because they're not, they can regurgitate the answer, but they don't get it, right? So there's kind of a graduation kind of thing. So, um, but we say this thing, the Shikina means Daikomyo, um, here's a long kind of translation that it could mean, but it's more of an implied translation that everything, every little thing, right, could be the thing necessary to take me to the enlightenment or wisdom or understanding or mastery or whatever that I'm seeking, right? So to Jen's point, anything that anybody does, even a negative lesson, even a negative thing, right? They're, they're in a jack wagon. They're, you know, whatever, right? They're twisting their turn, whatever, right? Instead of condemning them, instead of, um, you know, just dismissing them or whatever, right? Recognizing that, that that's still a lesson, right? Um, even if the lesson is, thanks for showing me a way I don't want to be. Thanks for showing me a way I don't want to live, right? That kind of thing, right? So, um, anything, right, could be the thing, right? Um, and there's, there's, there's a whole body of knowledge behind this, right? Anytime we have something like that, right? And I know some, some of you raised in the Western context, um, and, you know, certain churches or, or religious organizations or whatever, um, you know, speak about mantra and whatnot, but they're okay with the, you know, their version of speaking in tongues or whatever it is, right? But a mantra is, is a statement it's a, it's a summarized statement of a grander lesson, right? So when I say it, it's not just what that thing means. There's a whole bunch of, of stuff that comes behind it, right? Um, so anyway, but there's this, there's this recognition, right? But what it really is, is, is a statement that embodies the idea that intellectual, uh, understanding, intellectual knowledge paired with street knowledge or experience about that exact same thing is what creates enlightenment. It's what it creates wisdom. It's what creates deep level understanding, right? Otherwise, what you have is academic theory, but there's no experience behind it to back it up, 
or you have street smarts, right? I kind of figured it out for myself. I don't know how it works, but I just, I can do it, right? You have martial artists on both sides, right? Martial arts instructors on both sides. You have mentors, you know, you've got the guy on the, on the street that, you know, maybe not on the street, but he's a mechanic, right? He's just naturally inclined toward mechanical things, right? Doesn't understand the science behind it, just knows how it kind of goes together and, and he can figure things out and, you know, make the puzzle work and all that. Um, but he doesn't get the science behind it, right? But then you got this, this, um, you have this, um, engineering professor, right? That can tell you how everything works, right? Loads and torque and all these kind of things, right? But it's never tinkered with a, with an engine or, or never had, never applied that stuff, okay? Uh, VOTET teachers tend to be the better ones because they, they, you know, both are going on at the same time. Not always, but, um, so, like, when it comes to the realm of, of martial arts, especially when we're talking about self-protection, you have the teacher that, well, let's, let's use the same hands. You have the teacher that knows the kata, knows the skills, all that kind of stuff, and can teach them, great, okay? And you have the teacher that's been in some scrapes and scraps on the ground, on the, you know, on the street, and then they take in some students and they teach them what they know, and this is the way I do it, and watch for this, and all that kind of stuff, right? But the, the, the teacher that we're all looking for, hopefully, right, if we're talking about self-defense, is somebody that can take this, you know, proven stuff, right, that's centuries old, all that, and has actually, has experience with actually using it, Right? Me and a bunch of my peers, right? That have actually used this stuff against really bad people. Not in a ring with a referee, right? And they, they have both, right? So it's, it's not, it's close, but not the same where you have somebody teaching a martial art and they've been in fights. Okay, great. Okay. So you understand what's going on inside the fight. But you're teaching this stuff over here that might be for sport or may or may not work or whatever. My question is, how do you use this in that context? Okay? Or do you just, you've been in fights and you know what they're like and you can kind of adapt this to make it work. Or you can teach your students from both sides, but you yourself don't have that. Okay? That's the teacher I've always been looking for. Okay? But it wasn't just that because I've always had natural drives to be more than I came from. And trust me, what I came from was not fantastic. Okay? Now knocking my parents, I end up I ended up loving them deeply, but it took a major shift, right? Because there was no way I was getting to the levels of success that I wanted to attain to, and that I still want to attain to using the lessons that I got, okay? And they didn't know any better, right? They didn't know any better. So this is not this is not a, a condemnation or anything like that of them. They didn't know any better, okay? But what I got from my teachers was two things. One, I got lessons that I needed to move in the right direction. But the other thing that I got was something that most people never get, right? Um, Child development specialists tell us that the habits and proclivities and characteristics that a child has by the age of about six, between five and seven, 
depending on the child, but we're just going to use number six, right? By the age of six is what they will carry forward, and it becomes very difficult for a parent to affect those things. So lazy at six is lazier at 15, at 25, at 35, that kind of thing, right? So the farther we get away from six, unless the child becoming an adult, right, takes control of the process and, and develops those skills of themselves, it becomes harder and harder for a parent to do it, okay? So what I typically say is the, the traits that they have at six is probably what they're going to be carrying forward unless they change it for themselves, which is what we kind of help with in martial arts or sometimes kids get it, you know, in sports and all that because a coach comes along and enforces discipline or whatever, and then those habit patterns kind of creep in and, and those kind of things, right? So what I have found, and it doesn't it's not just in this martial arts realm, right? It's in the realm of success and wealth building and, and all kinds of things, right? Leadership, I learned that in the military and all that. Um is the reality that we cannot get to a place that requires skill sets that we don't have trying to use the skill sets we do have harder and faster and more and, and whatnot. You, you can't cheat the system. If, if it requires certain skill sets or personal characteristics or success traits or whatever, or life traits or whatever you want to call them, to get here, and I don't have them here, no amount of intention wanting or whatever is going to get me here. One thing that can get me there and will help speed up the development of those traits, right, is to find mentors already doing that and go hang out in that group. That is one of the biggest experiences that I had because I did not come out of childhood with those traits. I came out of the I came out of childhood with a burning desire to be and to do stuff. Okay, but what I had was a bunch of baggage that involved statements like, "Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. One day you'll realize that you're going to have to just drop your dreams, dude, because life is a bitch." Right. Um, all those kind of things, right? Life's a bitch and then you marry one. All those kind of things, right, that are just, wow, just speaks of somebody who just, why don't you just put a gun to your head and just blow your brains out? Okay? Seriously, you're just going to stay alive because, what, you're afraid of death. But you just killed yourself anyway. Spiritually, emotionally, whatever, you just, whatever. Okay? Um, this will rattle some people, right? What I learned from my peer group is that, um, the lesson from mommy and daddy or whoever was, that was trying to nurture self-esteem, right, that you can be and do anything was BS. Because you can't, right? You can be and do anything that you're passionate about and you will not surrender your dream for and you will figure out how to accomplish it, those things you can do. But just to be, just to go through life with the, well, whatever I want to do, I can do it. Whatever I want to be, I can be it. That's bullshit. Right? And the other one is we're all equal. No. You're all born with the equal, with the same, well, that's not true either. Born with the same potential, right? But we all know that some people are born with less aptitude than others, right? That doesn't mean they can't be successful. They're just not going to be successful in certain realms. 
right? So find the realm that matches your aptitude and your passion and freaking go to town, right? Um, one of the things that we do in the martial arts school is we all wear the same uniform, right? It neutralizes all those differences because we're on an equal playing field, but it's still about, uh, for those of you in a different country, uh, the thing that we have in our constitution about, right, our, it is a constitution. Those people that argue constitution over Bill of Rights, <laughs> the Bill of Rights are the amendments to the constitution, which makes them add-ons to the constitution, okay? Back to school. Anyway, um, the pursuit of happiness is what we're, what we're guaranteed. The right to the pursuit of happiness, not to the right of happiness. Okay? When we learn that and you get your head freaking wrapped around that, then it's the pursuit. It's all up to you. Those kind of things, right? This is what my teachers fed back to me, right? You don't practice, you get what you get, right? I'm not giving you rank for it. Okay? I don't give a shit what they do in school. I don't care if they make up an award so that everybody gets an award so that everybody can feel special. Actually, it's not so everybody can feel special. It's so that nobody feels left out. Then what's going to motivate anybody to do better? What they found is the self-esteem, and I don't know if you've been following this or not, they have recently found that the self-esteem movement was the worst possible thing that could ever have happened because it produced a whole bunch of lazy people who expect that they're just going to be given some given something for nothing. The other thing it did was it took rock stars that were doing straight A's and, and going above and beyond and all that, and it caused them to go, screw it. What's the point? Why should I bust my nuts to do the best I can to be this, you know, to, to get here when they're just going to be given it? They're, they're, they're just, it's just going to be handed to them. Okay? So, and the reality, and I remember one time, one of my teachers, we were, we were talking about this thing in, in, in class, and it was really just grating against me because it flew in the face of all this, like we're all equal and whatever, because of all this dumbed-down kind of crap that was going on, right? Um, we're not all equal, right? There's, there's people in this class that are lawyers or doctors or they've got a master's degree, and other ones have a, have a uh, you know, a certification in, uh, you know, maintenance of certain kind of things, or uh, some are plumbers or whatever. We're not doing a hierarchical kind of thing. It's not about one person being better than the other. It's about what we're good at is different in different areas, right? And, you know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't diminish anybody's right to life or anything like that to, to acknowledge that we're not all the same. Okay? We also don't have the same friggin' desires or proclivities or, or the same answers aren't going to satisfy us that satisfy somebody else. It's just, what the hell's wrong with that? I mean, even in Buddhism, right? There's this thing where everybody becomes enlightened, right? But there's this lesson in Buddhism that all Buddhas, they're all enlightened. Enlightened means they're awake and they understand how stuff works, right? So they're not trying to get something they can't get, right? Because it's just, that's not the way life works for a human being, right? They're not trying to avoid things that are unavoidable. They're not trying, all this kind of stuff, right? So they're all enlightened and they all get it. But in the, in, the, in the teachings, it says they all have their own flavor. And what that means is they have their own personality, 
right? They have their own unique sense of self, right? So anyway, right? Um, my teachers helped me bust through a, a, a lot of this bullshit, right? That we've been hand-fed so that we can have high self-esteem, right? You know what develops high self-esteem? Accomplishing things, right? Moving into areas that you didn't think you could go, right? Doing things that you didn't think you were capable of, right? And and examining your life, and instead of looking at it like, well, I, didn't, I never built a Taj Mahal, so I'm not successful. Really? Okay? Let me look back over some of the stuff you've done and go, holy shit, you survived that? Really? <laughs> you should be pretty freaking proud of yourself, right? It's recognizing self-value, right? But if we're just laying around like a freaking lump of jello on the couch, not bringing value, I can see where somebody doesn't have any sense of self-value, right? That's what self-esteem, esteem, holding one in this value, right? Um I, I gotta stop reaching for a drink and then not taking it. Anyway, uh, what else did I get from some folks? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, huh. This might need to be bleeped out for like Apple Tunes or whatever. But I had one teacher that if we whined about something hurting a class. Um, well, I won't actually say the word because some people might be offended and it might get us kicked off of a friggin' platform or whatever, right? But let's just say that the word begins with a P and ends with wussy. Well, without the W, right? And so we would com somebody would complain about something hurting and he'd go, my, that thing hurts, right? And it just causes us to stop. Girls too, Right? Because for the guys, right, what do you say? Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Either we're admitting to having it, right? So I know in today's world we're all supposed to be the same, and yet people are less happy now than they were before all of the kind of shit going on, right? Anyway, um, but the whole idea was to get you to the idea that you're in a combat situation here. If somebody lands a part of their body on your body in a way that's less than a caressing touch, yes, it's going to freaking hurt. Okay? But if you're going to let that shut you down and not keep going, why bother learning any of this at all? Just freaking roll over and let the attacker have whatever they want and hope to hell that they don't kill you. Okay? The reality is... Nothing hurts worse than pain. But until you explore what that pain is and what it does to the system and what you're able to still do and all that, what you're going to do is, well, what, what Grandpa used to say, make a mountain out of a molehill, right? Because if you add to it with this or the fear leading, it's already going to make it worse, then you're going to hurt yourself more than anybody else could ever hurt you. So, but that goes the same for, you know, the, the other thing, the martial arts and, and teachers having to go through that process taught me was struggles and challenges in life, if it's not going to break me, maim me, or kill me, 
physically, I got this shit. I'll, I will figure this out. Don't still be standing there, right, threatening a physical what if, if I don't comply with you, right, because I'm okay with that too, right? Uh, John had to go, um, yeah, John had to bow out earlier. Anyway, um, but my old guy, my old, my old crew, right, uh, we used to have a saying in class, um, it was just this little joke, right, that, um, because of our training, because of our regular training, and now this is a different group, right? This is not my standard group, okay? So don't like peeing yourself already, right? In my Shinobi Kai group, um, the saying was, based on the way we we train, right, and based on the way we, you know, we do things, right, um, we could be walking down the street on a Saturday night and somebody could stagger out of a bar and punch us in the face, and if they didn't drop us, we're probably more likely to look at them and say, is that it? That's all you got? Then to get like all wigged out and freaking out and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, what, the, what the guys in class used to say is, really? Seriously? My, my friends hit me harder than that on Tuesdays and Friday nights. That's it? That's all you got? Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that we're like the baddest movement, whatever, in the, in, in the, in the, um, on the block. But to develop that kind of relationship with pain and that kind of training, right? And actually, that's a part of ninjutsu training. Okay? The three aspects of the ninja, miwo shinobu, kokoro shinobu, uh, shikiwo shinobu. Miwo shinobu is the body capable of enduring, right? The essence, the kotsu of the miwo shinobu is the training should be more challenging and difficult um, and painful than anything you will ever encounter in life. And if you can survive the training, everything else is a cakewalk. Right? But everybody wants soft training because, you know, it might hurt. Well, you know, might. Okay? Um, but if you've never experienced it and the guy lands one, because anybody that's training and thinking that the training is going to make you invincible and that they can never touch you, quit now. Just quit because you or go find somebody else, because um, that's just, that's, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not going to make you invincible, right? It's designed to help you last longer, to survive, right, um, with the least amount of wear and tear. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get punched. You're not going to get stabbed. You're not going to get shot. That was, that was another lesson from one of my teachers, right? Your job is to not not get punched, kicked, grabbed, stabbed, whatever, right? Which is what most people think that, that they're doing, right? They're going to be the, the invincible, whatever, right? That's not your job, right? Just like Patton taught his, told his soldiers, your job is not to die for your country. I don't care what anybody else told you. Your job is not to die for your country. Your job is to make the other poor son of a bitch die for his, okay? In a self-defense situation, the, the training is not designed to make you invincible, Right? It's not designed so that you never get punched, grabbed, kicked, whatever, right? It's designed so that unless the TV's getting turned off, you can keep going, right? It's to minimize the amount of wear and tear or, or, or damage you're going to take, right? Yeah, but what if he just shoots me from across the street and fucking die? It's just the reality of life. You can't survive everything. 
right? People are looking for invincible, and, and I get it. I get it, right? People want, they want, um, they want, they want a sure thing, right? They want, um, they, they, they want a guarantee, right? You weren't born with a warranty or a guarantee, okay? So all this stuff is doing is giving you an advantage to be able to produce results better, faster, stronger, whatever, right? It doesn't mean you're not going to take something in the process any, any more than, you know, me making sure that the dojo weathered the whole COVID shutdown, right? I still had $2,000 a month to pay for rent and hundreds of dollars for electricity and insurance and all that kind of stuff to pay to get this dojo through that when 75% of my students jumped ship and decided, screw it, this is a perfect reason to quit, even though we took all classes virtual. Okay? I still had to weather the storm. And even if I'd have rolled over, my lease says I have to pay rent until this date, even if I would have closed the doors. That's why I don't bitch about people that own businesses and all that. And that's just because I'm one, but because people bitch about it and stuff, they don't understand the risk that people take. And I'm okay with those people getting profit for doing a good job and making sure that things are happening and their, their clients get what they want and, and all that kind of stuff, right? I don't begrudge them making money. Holy shit. They're going to lose way more than their employees are. Employees are going to lose a job. That guy's probably going to lose his house and everything else. And if he's lucky, he won't lose his marriage too. So I learned about risk. I learned about all of these things that allow me or allow anyone who's serious about the training to face challenges and keep on going no matter what. If it's not going to turn off the TV, you know, <clears throat> then I can keep going. I'll figure it out. Okay. Anyway, all right, a bunch of other statements and things like that have come in. I, I'm sorry I didn't just, like, jump on it and move into, uh, move into it. Let me scroll down here a little bit and see who I can find. Show. Let's see. Five messages from now. I had things up here. I know that Mike had one up. Why am I not seeing them? Let's see if I can chat overlay. Do, 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 do. Get rid of that. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find the scroll bar here. Normally, if I hit chat, everything pops up. Social comments display here. Click on them to showcase them. Well, that's all great, except none of them are showing. Let's see. Let's see if that does anything. Mm, nope. Let's see. Everyone gets a trophy until they get in the real world. That's when reality kicks in. Absolutely. Right? And then what? Then they're disappointed for the other whatever minus 18 years of their life because, like, you know, everybody kept giving me a certificate. They even made up. The kids don't know that the Teachers didn't just make up a butt ton of frickin' awards like, oh, uh, 
best humor in class. He was a freaking jack wagon. He didn't pay attention. He kept everybody laughing great, except that he kept interrupting class. Okay, but we're going to call him, instead of calling him the class clown and putting a dunce cap on his freaking head and parking his ass in the corner for a while until he figures it out, right, we're going to give him an award. Best sense of humor. Fantastic. Okay? Try that crap on the job, especially getting the wrong job. Um, where somebody's life is dependent on you staying focused and getting the job done, right? That's why people, there's more people jumping around uh, and, and job jumping and stuff now. Now the new thing is is uh, workers are holding uh, companies uh, hostage because there's this mass exodus. I'm not putting up with that stuff. I'm, uh, I'd rather be unemployed. Great. I'll complain because you're limited to certain types of vacations. What Julia put in here? Uh, let's see. Groups want all the members of the group to participate, but life can apply stress that can cause some to not survive. Want to be able to get up and keep going. Absolutely. Uh, here's a study that came out of the Vietnam War. Uh, and these are trained combat soldiers. Okay. Um, only 20, and this was done with our people. Okay. So the fact that we keep winning speaks volumes. Right. But, Here's a number for you. Only 20% of a combat unit returns fire effectively in a firefight. The other 80% are pissing, crying in a fetal position, or just doing what we call spray and pray. They're just unloading magazines and hoping that something hits, and they, they live through this experience. And they do that over and over and over again until they don't have to, which means either they lucked out and got to the end of their deployment and got sent home, or they don't have to anymore. They're in a box. Only 20% of, of a combat unit returns effective fire. That means they keep their head under pressure. But that's not, not just about combat. I believe that's true across the board about most of the population, at best, right, when it comes to being able to handle challenges and not just go belly up and hope that mommy and daddy or your significant other or your friends or whatever come rushing in to fix people. Because that's the, that's the escape that, um, that the social safety net provides people. The social safety net originally was we band together, right? We live in this, this area and all that. So if there are there is like fire or wild animals or an invading village or whatever, right, tries to take us out, Safety in numbers, right? I'm not just out there walking around. I killed a deer for my dinner for the next five days or whatever. And some jack wagon comes along to take it away from me, right? So if we band together, we can, you know, do some agriculture stuff, we can, right? All that kind of stuff, right? But the downside of the social safety net is the lazy can hang back because, right, the, the social mechanism that's hardwired in the brain, reciprocity and all kinds of things, right, um, don't allow us to kill a week. Or there's social or um, or uh, spiritual or philosophical kind of rules put in place that you know you care for the you care for the poor you care for the whatever right and I'm not saying don't care for the poor right because some people do end up like just crashing and burning and other people right like the fact that there's a Robin Hood 
that we'll take out of the pockets of those who have to give it to them. And they got to be careful because if they end up gaining something, Robin Hood's going to take it out of their pocket and give it to somebody else. So a lot of people figure out how the system works so that they can be the recipient and not the payer. But from a success perspective, I would rather, when it comes to taxes, I'd rather be the payee, I'm sorry, the payer than the payee. I know how high taxes can get. I pay them all the time. I'd rather be the payer than the payee because I don't want to have to jump through hoops and loops just to get massive. But guess who complains more? For as much as people who pay taxes complain, guess who complains more when they don't get their stuff or when they're not getting enough or they, they want more, right? I should be able to take that vacation or have that car that I want um, from so Really? Earn it. Takamasu Sensei, Hatsumi Sensei's teacher, once said, well, I'm sure he said it more than once, I just wasn't around at that point because he died in 1972. And at that point, I was nine, right? Um, Hatsumi Sensei conveyed that he said, only those who have something to lose can truly understand what it means to be a warrior. People who have nothing to lose, they can be fighters. They can yell and scream and stamp and, and, and throw fits and all that kind of stuff, but they'll never understand what it means to be a warrior. Because they understand what it means to have something of value worth protecting. These are the things I learned from my teachers. The experience was not only educational, it was transformational. That's what this does. If we want to have the skills that allow us to do, well, here's an analogy, right? How many people actually want to buy a drill, to have a drill, to own a drill? What do people want who buy a drill? Anybody? They want holes, right? Okay? They need to make holes of different sizes, and they'd rather not do it by holding on to a mic. Really? You're just going to hang it on the wall as a decoration? They need holes, right? Or they need a certain bit to make screwing screws in easier or whatever, right? But really, is that it? That's, that's what they want? No, they want something that will allow them to produce or to, to finish a project faster, easier, whatever, so they can kick back and look at that and go, I did that. Or they want that, that living room or decoration or whatever. They want the picture hung on the wall or they want the shelving unit up or they want that cool thing that that tool is going to help them produce so they can be proud and, and almost boastful sometimes or whatever, right? When they invite people into their house or their office or their workspace or whatever, right? And show off this cool thing, right? Because otherwise, they'd be doing the old 1700, 1800 hand crank kind of thing or taking a pointed stick and digging this thing out, right? What does the drill give them, right? That's where I think people drop the ball when they're, when they're just like, no offense guys, 
when they're jumping on podcasts or they're watching YouTube videos left and right, but they're not getting off their happy ass and actually practicing or whatever it is that they're doing or they're, they're half-ass practicing or whatever, right? Um, they, don't, they don't have a big enough why. They don't, they don't think about what it is that this is going to do for them, right? Because anybody can sign up for a martial arts class and, you know, feel good. They learned some stuff and they got this cool belt and look at me in my uniform and all that kind of stuff, right? But ultimately, what will you be able to do with this, right? This is what my teachers had me do. I mean, just shit that I, I dude, I just, how do I duck a punch, right? That's what I got involved for. And then I got these lessons. Now, did everybody that started when I started and face these kind of lessons or critique from the teacher or whatever, um, did they stay? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Very few. Okay. And I'm sure there is, a lot of them are off doing some other martial art where they got what it was that they were looking for or whatever. But um, there's the experience that I had was not, uh, you know, step by step. Here's the next belt. Here's the next technique. Uh, you're the wonder child or whatever, right? Um, the, a lot of the experience had to do with hard, painful looks into the mirror at the guy looking back. Okay? Like I said, I, I think the biggest thing the experience did um, was it, it, it went beyond educational and it became transformational. That was the big thing. Um, yeah, I have a drill and it's a part of a tool set so I can repair my home and build stuff. Okay, so we buy a drill so we can get things built and so that we can repair things when they get broken. Okay, I, I unless somebody has this fixation with tools and they're never going to use it, you know, I mean, some people are collectors, right? You collect guns, you collect knives, you collect stamps, whatever. We're never going to use them, right? We get it because, oh, okay, that's cool. You learn all about it and everything. But it goes into a display, and it gets pulled out every once in a while. It's shown, you know, shown off and all that kind of stuff, right? But that, see the purpose? What was the purpose? It wasn't to cut things. It wasn't to shoot things and put holes in them or whatever, right? It was to admire Feel like I have something of value, right? Show it off to other people, right? Show them that I have something that makes me atypical, whatever, right? It's never the object, right? Just like the training. People get involved in training because it was a neat idea. Don't stay for very long. Okay? So that's why my big thing is... Is, is in the transformational thing. That's why the three things that I narrowed it down to, and it's, there's more to it, but the biggest things that I realized that students were looking for when they were coming to me, especially adult students, was confidence, power, and a sense of greater control, both of those, a sense of greater confidence, power, and control that they feel like they're lacking. Is that everybody? No, of course not. Okay. For some, it, it is fun, but okay, great. So there's an activity that we can do together. So now it's a bonding, and that's cool, right? It's all cool, right? But the ones who stay as long as John or a bunch of these other people that I have, right, um, it, it, it went way beyond that. Anyway, 
And maybe I didn't know that I was supposed to quit when my teachers were that rough with me. Maybe it was like the bumblebee, right? I don't know that I'm not supposed to be able to fly, so I did it anyway, right? Maybe that was the case too. But my teacher did, one of my teachers did at one point tell me uh, what he appreciated about me was my tenacity to get this no matter what. But it's not just this. Anything I decide I want. Okay? And some of you who know how I set goals, Because uh, I'll, I'll tell you what a goal is, and you'll look at me and go, I think I do that. I'll go, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Okay. One of my goals is to have 250 active students uh, training at the dojo by March 31st of um, 2022. Okay. Originally, that was December 31st, but since I um, enrolled about 35 new students in a month and a half, I figured I could do it by the end of March, and we just crested 50. Coming out of COVID, we were down to somewhere between 13 and 15, something like that. So we just crested 50. And that was from the middle of October to last week. Okay. And that's, I, I don't know that I can get more than 250 in one school, which means by the end of the year, um, I'm going to have three to five. I'm just going to say five. Um, other schools in the region. No, I won't be te the head teacher in all the schools. I'll be the figurehead. I mean, I'll always be the master teacher or whatever, but I'm going to need to train staff. I'm going to do, so there's all kinds of other things that I need to do. And there's a couple of other, go other goals that I'm, I'm not going to uh, talk about at the moment because most people think I was a lunatic. Trust me, when I set the goals, I think I'm a lunatic, but I'm still going to do it. Right? And even if I fail, and only make 60 to 80% of my goal, I'm going to be way freaking farther ahead than, than setting a reasonable goal. So when people call me unreasonable, I say thank you, right? But I'm not unreasonable, like not fair, not giving people a fair shake. I always have to have the biggest, but not that kind of unreasonable. Right? I'm unreasonable in that I set goals that are, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. To me, it sounds insane. Okay, But what I do know about myself is that I've developed the ability to figure it out. No matter what it's going to take, I'll figure it out. And the world's going to be a better place because I do it. Because it's not just about me. Anyway, all right, so let's see. Uh, that's definitely why Mike has a trail, and so he can work to better himself. Okay, uh, used to build stuff, absolutely. Um, that the award junior got when he was in daycare. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, all right. I, I don't know why the chat thing, I, maybe the service is just not working right tonight. Let me try to reset this again because I'm usually able to let this thing fire up so that, uh, or so I can see all the messages. What the hell is that? I don't know what that is. All right, so says show. Hide message from the stream. I don't even know what that is. Huh. That's really weird because last week we had no problem when some jackwagon jumped on uh, on the call and had all kinds of Nazi anti-Semitism kind of things going on. Anyway, I apologize. So I'll check with um, the I'll check with the the 
things in the chats and the comments and all that between YouTube and Facebook and all those kind of things. And I'll, I will answer, uh, everybody's thing if there was a question or a comment or whatever. I really appreciate everybody's feedback and, and, and the back and forth. So before I wrap this up, and again, I, I want this to be all about me. It was a, again, it was a, the subject matter was because of a question that came in from a student. But does anybody else have anything, uh, question-wise or whatever, that uh, you'd like me to answer before I wrap this up? About training. Training. Ken, Mike, Jason, some of you guys. Training. Okay. The chat shows all my comments, but no one else. That's That's really weird tonight. Again, we had the sound issue, and then we have this. So um, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyway, um, doo -doo 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 -doo. so if you if, if there's anything that there was a question that you wanted me to answer, uh, if you send it to Warrior C, W A R R I O R, the letter C, at Warrior Concepts with an S, uh, Warrior Concepts Online dot com, uh, just Email it over there. My admin assistant, uh, James Alexander, will make sure that I get it and see it. Uh, and if he doesn't answer it, uh, I will. Um, so if it's a question or a topic or something like that that you want me to cover, uh, that's that's the place to do it. Send it to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. And um, we'll see if we can get it on, a, on an upcoming message or an upcoming episode. Um, I mean, you'll at least get something back from me. As a, as a start, right? Warrior C, yes. Except it's all one string. Don't put the space between the warrior and the C. So W-A-R-R-I-O-R -R -R and the letter C all together, all one string at warrior-concepts-online.com. Okay. Uh, that's it. Uh, last couple of things quickly. Uh, Daikomi Osai, our big weekend intensive is coming up. It's our New Year's weekend intensive, uh, January 7th, 8th, and 9th. The, uh, the theme for training is uh, becoming the warrior hero uh, or the, the hero protector that the world needs you to be. So the topics and all that kind of stuff and all the training is going to be related uh, to that that I'm teaching. There's going to be some uh, other breakout sessions that some other black belts are teaching. But the things I'm covering are things like rescuing a friend, uh, uh, bodyguard type work, that kind of thing. Um, uh, internal and external strength, all kinds of things like that. So, uh, it'd be really, really cool if you want to get signed up for that. I think the, uh, the, uh, discount is still running here for just a couple more days. Uh, you can go to online ninja academy, all one string, online ninja academy.com forward slash events and just scroll down to Dicomio Sai, right? It's the word you won't be able to pronounce. Dicomio Sai, January 7th, 8th, and 9th, right? Uh, if you can get on that, that'd be great. Um, uh, what else? Uh, let's see. The, what's on there is for the for the whole weekend. If you can only do a session or a day or something like that, just shoot me an email or if you're local, see me in class, and I'll give you the details for that. Uh, there is a dinner celebration on Saturday night uh, at a local restaurant where we'll be celebrating yours truly's birthday and uh, a late birthday uh, celebration for uh, the Grandmaster, uh, whose birthday was just on the uh, we say the third, they say the second. Uh, it's, it's a it's a time zone kind of thing, right? So anyway, uh, birthday, right? Because uh, they're 12 hours ahead of us. So anyway, just had uh, another birthday. He was born in 31, so do the math. Um, and uh, yeah, it'd be a cool thing. And, um, you know, 
if you do the whole weekend, right, and you also do that uh, that dinner celebration on Saturday night, then Sunday morning you'll get the benefit of also getting the nickname of Dragon Ass, uh, which is what I said. But everybody, when they come, <laughs> bring themselves in Saturday morning with another day of training to do. So if you can make that, that'd be great. Also, we're uh, putting the finishing touches on the uh, Online Ninja Academy uh, main site, the main page, and uh, getting all those uh, – those training programs turn back on again. Uh, I will be doing a uh, an end of year uh, kind of extra sale kind of thing. As a matter of fact, I, mean, I might as well release it now. Uh, if you go to lineageacademy.com and you see any, any of the programs that are listed there, you can't click on them at the moment because we're, we want to finish some things out and all that. But if there's any that kind of trip your trigger, or if you want information on any of the programs, that's local people too because we've got programs that there's just no way to cover all that stuff in class. Uh, the Ninja no Hachimon, the eight uh, traditional gates of the ninja that if you weren't training in these things, then what would they would look like in today's world? If you weren't training in these as a minimum, then you're not really doing ninja to all these kind of things. We've got all these different programs. Um, I'm offering a blanket 50% off um, on uh, all these programs. And if you get two, uh, I'm sorry, if you get three, right, if you get three programs, I will give you two more equal or lesser value, obviously, right? I'll be getting three books, and I expect me to give you ten or two ten-week courses. Um, but if you get three, I'll give you two extras um, on me, right, as my Christmas gift to you, right? Um, but that this only is good until um, Thursday, December twenty-third, right? After that, I'm taking off for a week and a half, doing Christmas and New Year's, and um, that's it. There won't be anything, right? So if there's anything even on the fence about up to this point, let me know and. Uh, send an email in, and either I or James or one of my guys will help take care of it and um, get the the stuff to you. Okay. So, uh, how much for what, Julia? How much for the Ninja no Hachimo program? I'm not sure which one you're asking about because I've got programs that range from 97 to uh, 497, and I've been told that they're way underpriced. But uh, if you're asking about the Ninja Hachimo program, it is normally 297, so that would make it what, 150, something like that, uh, 50% off. But anyway, take a look at Ninja, uh, OnlineNinjaAcademy.com. Uh, local students were putting together a list, uh, and this for everybody, we'll get, we'll be getting a list out to everybody. Uh, the list that went out to my local guys was just about gear and all that stuff. Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll have another one going out that has this list of the different programs or books or whatever that you can get, uh, if, if you so want. Okay, that's it. Let's see. Mike says, I'm actually surprised you have not labeled me as your dragon ass. Well, I guess I have more surprises waiting for you then. <laughs> Don't be too disappointed. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I love having some of my students around. And then I get together with them for a minute or three, and then <laughs> that might change. Anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I will talk to everybody again next episode or in class or wherever you might have to be or happen to be. I hope you can make it in for uh, uh, for Daikomiosai. It's, it's always a blast. Uh, we have a great time. There's all kinds of cool stuff that we're doing, stuff that we absolutely cannot fit into the regular ongoing classes. That's why we do these special seminars and all that. Uh, the the is one of those uh, things that my long distance guys uh, come in for and, and we just have this this full time. So uh, hopefully you'll help me kick off the new year, yes pun intended, uh, the right way. All right, that's it. I'll talk to everybody again next time. Be safe, train hard, 
and uh, I'll see you next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.